Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to the Record Celtic podcast with me, Johnny McFarlane. Today we're talking about the transfer of Olivier Cham from Manchester City. A deal is expected to be concluded imminently. Our first guest has been watching the players' development at Genoa closely while covering Serie A for Football Italia, the journalist Gabriel Mackay. So Gabriel, what are Celtic getting with Olivier and Isham? Well, I think really what they're getting is a lot of potential, which, as we've seen in the past from Celtic, is the kind of thing you buy. They're definitely not getting the finished article at the moment. He's a young man, and he's had a fairly tumultuous couple of seasons in Italy. How is his performances perceived there? Well, the thing the thing about him was that he was obviously signed with a lot of potential when he went there. City actually, Manchester City loaned him to Genoa for two years, but they tied him to a five-year contract before they did that. So there was very much a perception that he was going to be uh, one for the future. And uh, in his first season, uh, he did he did very well under uh, Giampiero Gasparini, who's kind of known for developing younger players, but he sort of never really kicked on this season. Uh, the coach this season, Ivan Juric, basically said that he couldn't play in the central midfield because he wasn't able to cover the players uh, play well enough and that he saw him as more of a number 10 but they were playing with a 3-4-3 system so he didn't really fit into that so he actually only made 10 starts this season and Gasparini and Juric which of those two coaches would you say is more akin to Brendan Rodgers and their style do you think he'll fit into Rodgers' methodology? Yeah I think that must be very much part of the idea because Gasparini uh much like Rodgers is sort of known for developing young players. You know, if you look at what Rodgers did with Sterling, you look what he did with Armstrong at Celtic in the season that's just finished, I think that very much the idea is that Rodgers would be a guy who would develop uh, in Chairman the same in the same way that Gasparini had started to do before he, he left. And where would you expect to see him fitting into this Celtic side? Because he, he has played a, a variety of positions, hasn't he, for Genoa? A lot of people think that He's the sort of Patrick Vieira, Yaya Toure type, but he's actually more of a number 10, and he also played on the flank for Genoa. Uh, I mean, one of his main strengths is that he's really good with the through balls in the final third, so I'd imagine you would see him playing just sort of off uh, either one or two strikers uh, rather than in a you know a traditional central midfield role. And how is his departure from Genoa perceived? When he signed for Genoa, he also signed a contract that that gave them the opportunity to buy at the end of the loan period, and they didn't take that up. Yeah, that's right. They had the option to buy him for €3 million, Euros, which is about £2.6 million, pounds, which they didn't take up. Um, he had a few sort of disciplinary problems when he was when he was over there. He was repeatedly stopped for uh, speeding in his car, uh, and eventually transpired that he didn't actually have a licence to drive. So he had off-the-pitch 
problems. And uh, it's fair to say is when they opted not to sign him, the reaction wasn't exactly one of outrage. It's sort of the main Genoa fan site ran a poll on it, and about 60% of the thousand or so people who responded to it were in favour of not signing him outright. Scottish football is notoriously physical. How do you think he'll stand up to the rigours of the game here? Well, I think that would be one of his strengths. I mean, he's not particularly tall, but he's a very powerful player, uh, very very strong. He can dribble well with the ball. You know, he won't be shrugged off easily. So I think that's probably, again, one of the things that's being looked at because he, he had a problem sort of fitting into the, the, you know, the tactics that they have in Italy, which is a very strong thing, but he's a very physical so if you take a look at the Scottish Premiership which you'd have to say is probably less tactical and more physical I think he would probably uh, fit in better in that sense And is there any aspects of his game that particularly impressed you? Yeah well as, as I mentioned earlier I was very very impressed with his ability to find a pass in the final third he's good on the ball he's good in dribbling uh, is he fast? Yeah, he's he's quite. He's not um, explosively fast. He's more, you know, once he get once he gets going, he's very quick. He's not kind of someone who's quick over, you know, five ten yards like Lee Griffiths. He's more of a, an athlete. With regards to joining such a big club like Celtic, obviously he's been at Manchester City, so he knows he knows what a big club is all about. However, the level of scrutiny that he'll face here in Scotland, being a Celtic player. It's going to be on a different planet to what he's used to as a, as a youth at Manchester City or as, or as a player in Genoa. How do you think he'll cope with that? Well, I mean, obviously the scrutiny uh, will be very different, but when he was at uh, Genoa, you, you, you know, you've got the big derby with Sampdoria, which he actually made a, a big mistake in this season, and he came in for a lot of criticism for that. And he played away at Juventus, he played away at Milan, he played away at Roma this season. So he's not a player who's unfamiliar with the big stage. Uh, so if you talk about going into an old firm game, well, a, a match at Juventus Stadium or at San Siro, while maybe not quite having the in- same intensity, I don't think he'll be phased by that. Gabriel McKay, thank you very much for joining me. Thank you. Our next guest is the football analyst and eat, sleep, drink football blogger Dougie Wright, who's been looking at the player's strengths and weaknesses with his expert eye. So Dougie, what are Celtic getting with Olivier Nisham? Now, buying potential, first and foremost. Um, played in Italy the past couple of seasons with Genoa, and he didn't see a lot of game time. However, that's counterbalanced by the fact that Genoa weren't particularly stable as a club. They had a lot of players coming and going. They had a few managers doing this time. They almost got relegated last season. Um, so it's maybe less, it says less about Cham that he didn't get too much game time um, over the under well, in the past season. Um, However, when he did play, he did reasonably well. He only got a real run of games, um, full 90s, in about April and May time this year, towards the end of the season. Um, he scored a couple of great goals. Um, but, I mean, his, his contribution was obviously not good enough to make the team on a regular basis. I think there are about four other um, midfielders, central midfielders, that saw more minutes ahead of him. However, it's his first couple of seasons in senior football. Um, he's a French under-21 internationalist, and he's obviously got a lot of potential. Yeah, I mean, he plays across the midfield, doesn't he? He can play in a variety of positions. Do you think his versatility is one of the things that will be attracting Brendan Rodgers to this player? Um, potentially. I mean, I, I was looking in um, about where he's diff- where he's played across the past couple of seasons, and it has been mostly mostly in the centre. Um, I was reading a quote in an interview that he did with France Football, um, the French football magazine, 
and he described himself as preferring to be in that number 10 playmaking role. He said he can go box to box, he can play deeper, he can play on either side if you need him, but where he wants to be is, um, is in behind the strikers. In terms of where he fits in at Celtic then, we're, we're reading a lot about him you know, potentially slotting in alongside Scott Brown or Stuart Armstrong. Do you see him pushed further forward? Yeah, I mean, if you look at Celtic's current midfielders, I think the player who he's probably most similar to is Tom Rodic. Um, he's the type of guy he'll turn on the pass. Um, he's quite difficult to stop when he starts running. He's maybe not got the burst pace that like Stuart Armstrong does, but he's he's a very tricky player. He's got good ball control. And, yeah, there's some certainly some similarities with Tom Rogic. He's been called variously the new Yaya Toure and the new Paul Pogba. Part of that looks to me because of his physical size. Do you think he'll add much to Celtic in terms of set pieces and just give them a physical presence that perhaps they've been lacking in the central midfield for the Champions League games? Yeah, I mean, he is an athletic guy. He um, spoke in interviews about how he did some boxing growing up um, and he still is a big fan of that to this day. He's a, he's a stocky guy. He's maybe not on the tallest side. I think he's about um, five foot ten or something like that. So maybe not an aerial threat in that sense. But certainly if you're looking for a guy who's going to counter-attack quickly in the Champions League, which Celtic will need to do, then he's really, really good at that. And is there any statistics from his time at Genoa that stand out? Um, not particularly. I mean, what counts against him is the lack of game time here. Um, he only played about 10 full matches across each of his two seasons, 10 games per season. So there's not a lot in the way of statistical data there. He did score a couple of really great goals from range last season, but he also ballooned a few over the bar. So that's something that can be worked on, as you've seen with Stuart Armstrong at Celtic over the past season. So, yeah, I'm sure... I don't think Brendan Rodgers is buying him because of any statistics right now, but because of what he's going to produce in the future. So do you see him very much in the band of uh, long-term projects? I do, but I think his price tag will count against him in that respect. Um, not necessarily against him. I think it will mean that he'll be expected to start if talk of £7 million is true. Um, I don't see Celtic leaving him on the bench. But from what I've seen of him, he's maybe a couple of shades behind where Tom Rogic is. Now bear in mind Tom Rogic is five years older than him, but I would certainly not see him starting for Celtic immediately. OK, Dougie Wright, thanks very much for joining me. Very welcome, thank you. That's it for this episode. For all the up-to-the-minute news, follow Record Sport on Twitter, like us on Facebook, or visit us at thedailyrecord.co.uk. We'll be back next week with all the latest talking points from Celtic Park, Lennox Town and beyond. Thanks for listening.